All right, we are in Revelation. I'm not going to use a microphone today because you guys can all hear me. I have a voice that is not quiet. So it works out well for us this morning. Um, uh, if you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 18. We're going to be in verses 21 through 24. But we're going to begin with this prayer. And I, I'll say this, the sermon series, I entitled it originally, um, A Letter uh, a letter. Uh, from Jesus about Jesus to churches in crisis. And I think like that combined with this prayer, glory to the father, to the son and to the Holy spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers and keepers of this word. These two things that this is to churches in crisis, like churches that don't know what's going on churches that are, maybe we can even say churches that are in confusion, just like there's so much of that going on in our world. All of that combined with the fact that God knew what it was going to be like in the beginning. That's why he's the same today and he'll be the same forevermore. And that's why we're blessed for being readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. And so these things are meant to frame our entire time in the book of Revelation. And so when we pray this, this is, um, I, I consider it like a centering prayer. Like this is the prayer that we get into before we get into a bit of the crazy that's in Revelation. Uh, we, we get in there and this prayer throughout the, I, I don't know how long we've been in Revelation, but ever since we've been in Revelation has really um, done its work in my heart. Like I believe this more and more each and every day that God hasn't changed, that he's not going to change, that forevermore will be his forevermore and not our forevermore. And it's a beautiful thing that we get to rely on that. So let me pray this for us and then I'll read up the scriptures. And like I said, the sermon's short today, so we'll uh, go camping or do whatever else we're going to do the, the rest of the day in 60 degree weather. <laughs> Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the readers, hearers, and keepers of this word. Uh, Revelation 18, verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And the sound of the harpists and the musicians of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman and of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the great ones of earth, and all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and all those who have been slain on earth earth. Um, one day we will recognize how oppressed we are by Satan, sin, and death. How, how much this really does infiltrate just about everything that goes on in our world. We can see it in part now. We can see some devastating things now, but we don't see it in full like it seems to be here. How sin runs rampant through 
um, all of this world. And it, it was in the Psalms, and it, it's in our lives, and that's why even today we sing, How Long, O Lord? As we were talking before service and all the confusion that's going on, all the frustrations, uh, g- threats of violence over masks or no mask, that, that kind of things. And these are all things where we cry, How long, O Lord, are we going to have to put up with all this evil? with all this violence, with all this oppression, with all this sin that's just permeating our, permeating our world. Things, um, think about things that are evil. And I think like things like genocide, or I think like arrogance of leadership to think that they know how to best to lead a whole group of people. When I, things that are evil and like shootings and murders in the streets of the, of the world's great cities, all these things like the, the, the rape of women and of land. I think of confusion and lies that uh, so many people have and that are, these lies are given by the ones that are intended to protect us and we just left knowing, not knowing who to trust. I'm, when I think of things that are evil, I think of like backroom deals and wars that are waged and all the money that's being made behind the scenes for their own gains into all these things as Christians, we cry out, How long, O Lord? When will it end? Or we pray like the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's the same prayer. How long, O Lord? When will your kingdom come and fully reign on earth? And this text here today is a comfort to us because in the end, it'll all end. Or like our text says today, it will be no more. And for that, we praise God. We praise God because not only will it end, but we will praise Him because His truth and His promises will endure forever, unlike the lies and murders that are in our midst. If we desire to live a life for Jesus and follow Him, then our way of life, the way that we desire, is under attack. And if we desire to commit our lives to Jesus and walk in His ways, and His ways are sinless and blameless, it's extremely difficult because of the way the the world works. I mean, we've talked a lot about slavery at this church and how world slavery works. How many of us have stuff in our house that is uh, was made by slaves? All of us have it. We can't get away from it, but yet we want to walk blameless and we want to walk sinless. However, as we get to commit our whole life to Jesus, and when I say our whole life, I'm talking about our whole heart, our minds, our bodies, our choices, even our entire life is devoted to Jesus. And this is what we get to do in in our lives as we're devoted to Jesus. We get to resist sin and the enemy's work in our lives. Amen? We long for the evils that we give into to be no more. We long for the lies that we believe to dis- disappear. And here, this beautiful text, we hear a prophetic angel's voice. He's using symbolism to show us what is going to happen to idols, what is going to happen to the great rulers and leaders of this world as they, and, their, and all their followers and the enemies of God. And what happens is to them is just what happens to this great millstone. What happens to the millstone is going to happen to the, the idols, kings and rulers who resist Christ, the antichrist and the unrepentant, the people who will not worship God. 
the angel took up a millstone and threw it into the sea. What happens to a millstone in the sea? It sinks. Where? To the bottom. It doesn't float halfway. It goes all the way. It doesn't grow arms and swims. It sinks to the bottom and is therefore destroyed and lost forevermore. And this imagery is lifted right out of Jeremiah 51, 63, and 64. And that says, when you finish reading, and this was an angel or, or God speaking to Jeremiah, it says, when you finish reading this book, tie a stone to it and cast it in the midst of Euphrates and say, thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her and they shall become exhausted. Notice that the language changes a little bit. A millstone is not thrown into the, or a stone or millstone is not thrown into the river Euphrates. But if you remember in this point in Revelation, Euphrates has dried up so the kings of earth could prepare a battle against God where God would get his final victory. Instead, the millstone is thrown into the sea, and a sea that is deeper and with less chance of the millstone ever be lifted from the bottom. This imagery that is taken from Jeremiah so that we can see that this has happened before. And what God did was lasting. Babylon was this once great nation, this great empire. And it had great cities and many slaves and people working for it. And it was one of the wonders, the great wonders of the world. And if we were there in their heyday, there's no way that we'd imagine this city or this nation toppling and falling in to disappear, let alone no longer existing because the amount of wealth they had, because of the amount of power that they had, because of the amount of influence that they had on the earth. And yet, when John penned this vision that Babylon was no more, the actual Babylon was no more. It was not there. They were truly exhausted. They expired. It was gone. And this, even being lifted right from Jeremiah, shows us that God did it once. He can do it again. And then even for us, what it means to be... uh, This is what it means to be no more. Like, Babylon is no more. It's no more. God has done this. He can do it again. And here, in John's penning of this vision, John, I'm sure when he woke up and wrote all this down... I'm sure he was not thinking of Babylon, but he was thinking of Rome, the great Roman Empire. The mighty Romans with their vast armies and great infrastructure and great government structures with their wealth beyond anything the world had ever seen and power like the world had never seen before. And yet, as we read this here in 2021, where's the great Roman Empire? It's gone. It's no longer here. It's no, no longer here. Uh, the, these are like the amens. It's, wor- it's working. There's no nation. There's no empire. There's no country, no city that is greater than God. None of it lasts forever. And in the end, it'll be no more. We've seen it all before. What God said He'll do, He's done. And this leads us to have faith that what God says that He will do, He will do it. So, evil, idols, sin, Satan, decay, disease, and death will be no more. And none of this, none of these things last forever. And what he said will happen, will happen. And just as we've seen destruction before, 
We've seen victory before as well. And we've seen this best with Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. Jesus died so that we might live. Jesus died so that we might experience grace and forgiveness for the wrongs that we have done as we long to no longer have any sin or evil and walk sinless and blameless in this life. God has forgiven us for the ways that we fall short of that. And for the ways that we are joining with this world, whether intentionally or unintentionally, Jesus' death frees us from the bondage that causes us to live in unrepentance. Jesus' death and resurrection remove the bounds and shackles that would drag us down to the bottom of the sea with this great millstone. We are freed from sin and the grave all because of Jesus. And we've seen his victory and we believe in his victory, his victory that he won for us and for his glory. And we are grateful to be free and victorious in Christ. And if we notice in this text the things that will be no more in the great city that, cut, that come against God and then God violently throws them into the sea. What is missing um, once all this stuff is, that is taken out of the cities is what makes this world great to live in. So first of all, let's deal with the violence. It, this, will, this city will be thrown down in violence. And when it says violence here, this is talking about a force that will not be able to be overcome. It'll be thrown down and it will cease to exist. To, to no degree will it be allowed to survive. No degree will it be allowed to survive. It'll be exhausted is another way of saying it. To the point of expiration, it's gone. Or for, I, I wrote this part for my kids, or bye-bye forever. It is gone forever. It is gone forever. The greatness is no more. And it'll be forcefully removed because they've been given time and time and time again offered repentance and they've said no, 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 no. And at some point, God is he's gracious and He's patient and it will end and they will be taken away. And then what is taken out of this city? What is taken is, is music. The sound of harpists and musicians of flute players and trumpet, trumpeteers. It'll be thrown out. And then also fine crafts will be taken out of it. Craftsmen of any craft. So think about all the beauty that we love. Think about the artwork that we love. Think about the architecture that we love. Think about all the things that makes this world beautiful. That And those who have God used their God-given gifts to create it. All that will be gone. Think about the sound of the mill. What's the mill? The mill is food production. Food production will be gone. So what, what's going to happen once you take out of that city food production? Well, they're not going to be able to eat. And then the, light, the lamp that is the light will be removed. And then the voice of the, the bride and the groom. And I look at this as thinking that the, the celebrations, the joy that comes in a wedding or the eager anticipation like what is this life going to hold for this young couple like what is it going to hold as they walk in to life all that will be removed as well as like the bride and groom the fruitfulness that this will continue is all gone all of that's gone so we have no more music no more fine crafts no food productions no light and no hope That's what this city is left with. And if all these things are removed from our culture and society, 
it's not a society that's worth being a part of because all these things add beauty into our lives and can bring glory to God. And what I love about these things being no more among the wicked wickedness of idols and evil is that we will actually see all these things again in God's kingdom. We will see them with God's intended purposes. So music will be free from the stains of sin. The arts and the skills that are required to execute those arts will also be freed from the shackles of sin. And we will see their beauty in a whole new light. Instead of worshiping their beauty, it'll point to the majesty of Jesus, our King, and His beauty. And there will be great feast with new wine and great food. Feasts like unlike anything this world could ever imagine. It will be amazing. And we will, Jesus, we won't even need the sun because Jesus will be our light. He, the radiance of our Savior is enough light for us to live in. And then there will also be a wedding. The bridegroom Jesus and His bride the church. And then we will be there and there will be hope and celebration and love and joy. It will be the exact opposite of what is happening to this great city that is like a millstone thrown into the sea. This is all happening because... To this city because of what is found left in the city. What they've done is they've worked all their deceptions and their magics to deceive humanity with its lies. And we've seen this is what idols do. And we've seen the extent that they go to to get their hooks in us and cause us to not see Jesus for who he truly is. But what was found in this city was the blood of the saints. Not only the blood of the saints and the prophets, but those who have, all those who have been slain on earth. All death came from Babylon, the great. Its great empires were built on the blood and bones of the saints, not just the saints, not just the martyrs, but, or not just the prophets, but everyone else. We've seen that the saints are, are persecuted and the martyr, or, and the prophets rather, are persecuted. And the enemies of God are responsible for their blood. We can see this. But I love that in this passage, we can see the full extent that idols have taken their hooks and what they've done on earth. It's not just the blood of the prophets and saints. It's the blood of all who've been slain on earth. All. The kingdom of this world is built on blood and bones. It's not built on life. And in God's kingdom, it was given... uh, was given to us not at the cost of our blood. It was not built up with our blood, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Yet one more example of how vastly different God's kingdom is than this, the kingdoms of earth and how vastly different God's kingdom will be forevermore. If we compare the no more to forevermore, we will see that things last and that the, the good things will last and the bad things will die away. I love that God's love will last forevermore. And that hate will be no more. That the grace that Jesus gives us will last forevermore. And the shame and the, and the, the guilt that we feel over sin will be no more. And I love that Jesus is our light forevermore. And the dim world that this light gives us will be no more. And I love that songs and celebration of God's goodness will be forevermore. And the songs that are given to idols and the crafts that are given to idols will be no more. 
Worship with food will be forevermore. We can praise God for that, right? And the worship of food will be no more. The great provision of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will be seen forevermore for what it truly is, that God is our everything. And all our idols and false assumptions will be no more. I look at this text and I get encouraged because all these things will be no more. The one that we say is the victor, the one that we believe to be King of kings and Lord of lords, He will reign and we will see that in weeks to come. So let us practice worshiping Jesus now and forevermore. Jesus, I pray that as this city was like a millstone thrown into the sea, thrown down with violence because of the deception and sorcery of the great ones on earth, because what was found in this city was the blood of prophets and of saints and all those who have been slain on earth. Lord, we don't want to play a part in that. We want to play a part in your kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, I pray that you will allow us to just be about your business and that we can focus on you and that we can hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.